The title of my message is The God of Suddenly. So thank God for Pentecost Sunday. Amen. Thank God for the gift of the Holy Spirit, our great comforter, our great enabler. And I thank God that we have a God who operates suddenly. We see it littered through Scripture, example after example of God stepping into a situation, into a moment, into a circumstance, and completely transforming that moment suddenly. And so the goal of our time together is to discover the kingdom principles needed for us to prepare our hearts for God to move suddenly in our lives. You know, the moment that your faith collides with God's promise, you position yourself for a miracle. You position yourself for a miracle. And whilst we, not, we may not be aware of this, our God is always working. We are not always conscious. We're not always visible. It's not always evident or even tangible. But God is always working in our lives. Have you ever been one of those believers, perhaps you're a bit like me, where you're wondering where God is moving, or even if God is moving, and then swoosh, straight out of nowhere, he comes and transforms and changes your circumstances in a glorious moment of his divine provision in your life. Amen? So I want us to remain very, very expectant in our journey together this afternoon. And as we unpack scripture, we have to uh, take a moment to review the content and the condition of our own hearts and position ourselves for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives, which means that you need to allow freedom to reign in your heart for God to move in your life. And I pray that as we journey together that you will become utterly undone with the glory, the splendor, and the majesty of the Holy Spirit, the power that conquered the grave to, that resides in you wants to come and transform your circumstances and your season. So here are some helpful reminders for us as we begin to navigate our way into this moment of recognizing God moving suddenly in our hearts. You know, if you are deeply devoted to God, if you steward the resources that he makes available to you, if you are genuinely a cheerful giver, if you truly walk by faith and not by sight, if you demonstrate Christ in every environment and atmosphere that you walk into, do you know what you are doing, my friends? You are positioning yourself for the God of suddenly to step into your circumstances. You are positioning yourself to receive the best of the best of all that God has for you. And he's going to move suddenly and he's going to move supernaturally in your life. So take a moment today. This is not a, a statement of faith that I'm presenting for your consideration. This is a statement of fact. You should expect him to move and anticipate him to move, not hope or uh, in some way allow him to move in your heart. Your faithfulness to God will result in suddenly moments emerging in your heart and life. So what is suddenly? How would we define it? Something that takes you off guard. Something that's unexpected. Something that's done quickly without warning. So right where you are, online, here in the building, take a moment to reflect on the last time that God moved significantly and suddenly in your life. Take a moment. How did it make you feel? Did it increase your faith? Did it confirm his sovereignty in your life? What stirred up on the inside of your heart? Did the worry and the fear and the concerns that so can, 
can so easily pervade our hearts and lives? Did it just fall away in a moment where God demonstrated that he is exactly who he says he is? He will always do exactly what he says he will do. The Bible declares that God is not like man, that he should lie. God has never failed you, ever, and he never will. And so the goal of our time together is to prepare our hearts for a God to move suddenly. There's ultimately two portions of scripture I want us to look at. Both are in the book of Acts. Initially, quickly in the book of Acts, chapter two, verses one and two. We know the story well. Acts two, verses one and two. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Verse two. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind that filled the entire house that they were sitting in. Pentecost changed the course of not just the church, but of the entire world. And therefore, it's something for us as spirit-filled believers that we should acknowledge and celebrate and rejoice in today. Those disciples were never the same, permanently changed by that suddenly moment in their own heart and life, transformed out of all recognition, catapulted into a spiritual atmosphere that went far beyond their current circumstances and even their level of intellect. And you know the best part? The same is available for you today. Amen. That's worthy of an amen in the house. So how would you describe that moment if you were in that room? Position yourself as one of the disciples. How would you describe what happened in that moment? The irony is I would use the word indescribable (laughs) to describe what happened. And isn't, isn't that a reflection of our God? He's indescribable. He's perfect in all of his ways towards us. And irrespective of how expansive or comprehensive your vocabulary is, I think all of us would struggle to quantify and to adequately appraise and shape what has ultimately happened in that glorious moment. But what actually happened? I'll tell you what happened everything changed. And I'm convinced that when we look at the landscape of the church today, the church needs to change. We need to get away with the empty rhetoric, the flimsy narratives, and we need to get back to the power of the Holy Spirit moving in people's lives. We need to stop explaining things and to start experiencing things. And that's exactly what happened for those disciples in that moment. You know, the power of the Holy Spirit can't beat it. You cannot beat it. There is nothing more pertinent in the life of a believer. It will leave you brimming with confidence when you step into that moment and you encounter the power of the Holy Spirit in a new and a fresh way. You don't need gimmicks. You don't need well-trodden paths of processes and programs and procedures in order to encounter the one who first encountered you. All you need to do is position yourself in your heart to receive and it, just like those early disciples, you will. And I want to take that as a, a, as a very much a launching pad for us as we go on this journey. But another question for your consideration. Like those early disciples, when did you last give sufficient room to the Holy Spirit to move in your life? When did you truly shift your attitude, dispose of your biases, your default patterns of thinking, your behavior, We cannot relegate the tremendous testimony that's birthed in Acts 2 and say, well, it's only applicable to the early disciples. That same power is available to you today and the same result is available to you today 
You have to decide if you want to embrace it or not. But for that to happen, we need to deal with the stuff that's going on inside of us. Because we all want change, but what we, what we find challenging is the process of change. Do you find that in your own life? We all want change, but we don't want to go through the agony, the turmoil, the stresses and strains of having to change the way we think, the way we see other people, the way we behave, the way we treat each other, the way we see God. It's easy to stay where I am and as I am. That's comfortable. That's safe. That's convenient. How's that working out for you? Are you growing? Are you flourishing? Are you developing? It's a tough thought. But you know, sometimes we don't want to change and then we wonder why God isn't working and moving in our lives. It warrants a response, friends. You to take time in your own heart, in your own life and say, am I genuinely leaving room for the Holy Spirit? Or is he an optional extra on my Christian menu in my daily or weekly or monthly walk with him? Now, if you want a small confession, Pentecost Sunday, I was a lot like that. I was very comfortable in my climate of control, conditioning myself to think of me, myself, and I, and I wondered where God was. Where was God operating in my life? And yet I made no room. I gave him no access, or he got very restricted, limited access. The Word of God declares that all were changed, which means that it's all-encompassing, it's clear, it's convincing, it's compelling. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your heart and in your life. The question is, are you positioned properly for it? Because if you believe that you don't need to change, you're basically, you're telling me that you're perfect. And I can find only one who is perfect. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So take a moment, don't deceive yourself, burn your pride, admit your shortcomings. Just like those early disciples, you need a move of the Holy Spirit in your life today. Can I get an amen in the house? Amen. Because at the end of the day, friends, we all possess patterns of thinking and habits that don't bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's moments that punctuate our lives with frequency that demonstrate our inherent selfish nature, moments that erode our trust in God because man has failed us, and yet we blame God. We become overly familiar with Scripture, which subsequently dulls our desire to dig deeper into His Word. Easy example, John 3.16. We all know it. Many of us know it in many, many different translations. And yet that is as powerful, as true, and as pertinent for you today as a Christian who's known the Lord 20 years as someone here today who does not yet know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So don't allow familiarity to breed contempt in your life. We cannot change ourselves. You should write that down. We do not possess the capacity, the capability, or the skill set to change ourselves. And friends, if you think willpower alone or desire is enough, I can tell you willpower is horribly insufficient. You know that your own patterns of thinking, your own attitudes, they will falter and they will fail you. I guarantee it. The only question in that equation is when. The outcome is not up for debate. The only certainty is that it will happen. The only question is ultimately when. Trying to do better, trying to be better. I'll change tomorrow. Somebody else ultimately has to repair and restore you. And that someone is the power of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. And friends, he wants to visit you afresh today. He is acutely aware of the rhythms of your life. And he is aware of the season that you are in. And he wants to come 
and to transform you. Which means that we need to stoke the fire that the Holy Spirit has already birthed in us. And I'm almost tempted to burst into song and start singing Consuming Fire. You know that old Tim Hughes song? Consuming Fire. Fan into flame. A passion for your name. I think that's something that we can lean into a little bit in our own journey this afternoon. But you know what it tells me? It tells me that worship is a key kingdom principle in how we ultimately are going to navigate our way to a place of God moving suddenly in our lives. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts 16. We're going to be reading a familiar story. Acts 16, verses 25 through 31. It's Paul and Silas, and they are in prison. I'm reading the ESV translation. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for the lights, rushed in, trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. The jailer, he then brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. So let's take a moment to set the scene here. Paul and Silas have been beaten to a pulp. They've been abused. They are literally locked to the ground in a prison in Philippi. Put yourself in their position this afternoon. Their outlook is bleak. They're utterly destitute. They cannot help themselves. But what would your immediate response be? Anything like me, accusatory looks to the sky. What are you doing, God? Why me? Now bear in mind, friends, at this point, Paul has already had his suddenly moment on the road to Damascus, right? But there they are in prison, literally chained to the floor. They can move nowhere. They can go nowhere. They cannot help themselves. Put yourself in their position. How is your heart now? And yet what are they doing? They are singing hymns and they are praising God and they are praying to the Lord. What does that tell you? It tells you the condition of their heart. It tells you where they are in their walk and in their journey. They have fully surrendered their heart and lives to God. Thanksgiving was on their lips, although the physical condition that they found themselves in was not praiseworthy. We can learn a lot from that position that they have taken. But here are some elements that are uncovered. Praise and worship attracts God's power in your life. That is what is going to break the chains. That is going to be what sets you free from the circumstances that you find yourself in. Praising God when it's hard. Not on Sunday when you're encouraged to stand at 9 a.m. It's tough. But you know what happens? When we praise and worship God, especially in the difficult and challenging circumstances of our lives, what happens? God turns up and he turns up suddenly. 
The word says, and suddenly, which means without invitation, without announcement, bang, power of God just descends. And I think we need to pay attention to that. And he emerges to transform, to change, and to shape our hearts and our lives. He demonstrates his power and his authority in your personal situation. Right where you are, whatever your challenges are today, the power of the Holy Spirit can bring you to a place of ultimate freedom. Which means, friends, that your world, exactly like Paul and Silas's, is going to shake. You need to prepare yourself for that. Now, if you're wondering, what does that look like? If you have ever been to California, you will know that the west side of the United States of America lies on, an equator, on a belt between two converging uh, areas where earthquakes happen, which means that people in Los Angeles and San Diego, San Francisco, their houses are earthquake-proof because they know this is going to happen. It's not a question of whether, if, it's a question of when. And so they proof, well, they basically make their homes as earthquake-proof as possible. They're prepared, but they can't stop it. The only thing they can do is prepare themselves for the impact. You need to prepare yourself for the impact of the Holy Spirit working and moving in your life to bring lasting change and transformation, to set you free from whatever's been holding you back and hindering you in your life. Because a great awakening is coming, amen. Without warning, you're going to be transported out of your circumstances into a glorious, victorious, freedom-filled future provided by the Lord Jesus Christ. God is going to open some doors for some people, amen. God is going to dismantle and destroy the circumstances that have kept you held down and he's going to release freedom in a way in your life that you have never encountered before in your life. Amen. Do not limit God's goodness in your life. Every limitation, every bound, every chain, every hindrance is going to be broken off your life in a glorious moment of his power moving and functioning in your life. The question, friends, again, are you ready? Are you prepared? You know why? Doors that man has closed are going to be open for you. Amen. Doors that you never thought we're going to be open for you. We're going to be open for you and they're never going to be closed because God wants to move in your life. God's going to open up divine doors of opportunity. You're going to have unmerited levels of favor operating in your life. Why? The power of the Holy Spirit is going to come and transform your circumstances and your life. Which means irrespective of the circumstances that you find yourself in, nothing Nothing is beyond the power of God. Let's remember context here for a moment. About midnight, which means, according to the scientists, it's the darkest hour. It's when things are grimmest, things are darkest, things are most bleak and destitute. God can still break in. So I know there's going to be challenges in people's lives, just in this room, people watching online. But whatever your circumstances, the power of God exceeds that, presupposes that, and has a way of moving in a way that will release freedom in your life. And even then, God breaks in suddenly. There is no situation that he cannot transform. What else happened to Paul and Silas? Freedom was attained. 
Now that's physical freedom from the shackles and chains, but it speaks to every type of freedom that you can possibly imagine in your heart and life. That's freedom mentally from some of the scars and the wounds of your childhood. That's freedom financially. The spirit of debt going to be broken in this house. Amen. Amen. The poverty spirit that can creep into the life of the church going to be broken in this house in the name of Jesus Christ. We are the head and not the tail. We are first and not last. Amen. We are clothed in royal robes of righteousness. He loves us. So we need to break ourselves out of these limitations and molds that sometimes we erect in our own heart and life. By the way, we know we give far too much credit as Christians to the enemy. A lot of the limitations and the hindrances and the blockades in our lives we have erected in our own hearts and lives. We need to find the ways of dismantling them. And if we can't do it, power of the Holy Spirit can. You are going to enjoy unparalleled uninterrupted levels of freedom that Jesus went to the cross for you to enjoy. Amen. You will count everything else as loss as you embark on that journey with Jesus. You know why? Because at this juncture, something substantial starts to happen. Your praise and your worship to God becomes sacrificial. It becomes irresistible. Holy Spirit is drawn and wooed by your worship, by what's in your heart not for what God can do, simply for who He is. He's going to cause you to enjoy abounding levels of freedom and anointing in your life. And that's going to cause spiritual, mental, physical, emotional, financial, relational freedom across every aspect and area of your life. Because, you know, when we praise God, regardless of our circumstances, all we have to do is stay put. Paul and Silas, where did they go? They went nowhere because they knew the victory was already theirs. And the victory is yours. The question is, again, friends, are you positioned for it? Because hear me, we are entering a fresh season of possibilities. New wineskins are going to emerge in your life, amen? The old is going, the new has come in your life. Nothing is going to hinder you on your walk and your journey with Jesus Christ. Some of us have got to get out of our own way and let the Holy Spirit do the work that He needs to do in our lives to give us that freedom, that wholeness, that victory, that joy, and that abounding levels of freedom that we can ultimately embrace in Him. Again, we have to decide what we want to do. Because, you know, one thing is ultimately clear. You can argue the when. The only thing you cannot argue with me is that it's going to happen. He's going to move. There is certainty attached to that. Where and how... And how it happens ultimately in your life, that is possibly up for debate. That's between you and the Holy Spirit. But one thing is certain is the Holy Spirit is going to move in your life and He's going to bring complete and utter change. And I think we need to prepare ourselves, friends. We need to cultivate expectancy in our heart, not just have a fleeting hope that something might happen, maybe. But we've got to live in anticipation for it happening because your breakthrough is close. And so what suddenly moment, friends, today do you need from the Lord? Where have you found yourself being held back? Let's start with some obvious ones. Unforgiveness? Any coldness in our hearts? Any generational curses that need to be broken? Is there a poverty spirit in your heart? I don't know. That's ultimately between you and the Lord but I want to throw out some potentially obvious suggestions for your consideration. 
Because, you know, if you want God to move suddenly, you've got to know where you want Him to move in your life. Because if you're praying for a job and you trust God for it wholeheartedly, He's going to provide you a job. Amen. He's not going to send you to the supermarket. He's going to provide your need because He alone knows your need even before you need it. Even before you're conscious of it, He knows. Do not downgrade your dream to meet your reality. Upgrade your faith into who you are as a child of the Most High God. What does the Word declare about you? That's your reality. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. And when we praise His name, we bring His presence into our lives. And those mountains, mountains of debt, mountains of relationship problems with family members, do you know what they're going to do? They're going to melt like wax before the Lord. That's what's going to happen in a glorious suddenly moment. So some brief learning outcomes for us. We see in Acts 2, verse 2, the suddenly moment. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire place where they were. So in a perfect moment of his divine power, everything changed. Not some stuff, everything. Instantly the course, the trajectory of not just the church, but of humanity was transformed in one moment. God never changes. This means that if God has done it before, God can do it again. And so I ask that question again. What suddenly moment are you waiting for, friends? You should take a moment to consider it. What are the prayers that you're still praying? You know, one year ago, this past week, a prayer that I had been praying for 14 years, almost my entire Christian journey, suddenly moment. God just showed up. And it's not a, a prayer that solely relates to me. I am one component of, of many in that particular story. But I had been praying almost weekly. It was probably the odd week, if I'm honest, that I missed it or I forgot. But I had been praying essentially every week for 14 years. And there were moments I'd lost heart, not going to lie, not going to lie. There were moments where I was leaning in, pressing in, fasting, everything, and there was no change, nothing. And then I got an email, and I thought, that's odd. The email led to a phone call. Phone call led to a meeting. Meeting led to God completely transforming that scenario in a glorious moment. And so, friends, whatever you're believing God for today, you're going to have to dig into the Word of God. You're going to have to lay hold of His promises. You're going to have to embrace a spirit of persistence in this moment. And God is going to suddenly turn up in your life and change your circumstances. Now, we all know the story of Jesus calming the storm. It's in all the synoptic gospels, not in John's gospel. Now, in the face of great adversity, what happens? The disciples' faith wilts under pressure. I wonder if that's a reflection of some of us, that in the face of great adversity, where you are needing God to break through, our resolve and our tenacity, our courage and our boldness starts to, to wilt a little bit. And yet, you know what? Just like that storm, Jesus is not affected by anything that we're going through. You know that, right? Because he's above all things. And what happens? 
He speaks to the storm, not the disciples, I would add. And verse 24 tells us, all was calm. All was calm. He dealt with the problem. God is going to deal with your problem and you are going to find yourself in a moment where all is calm. Probably about one second after he steps in, just like the story of the storm. And I'm convinced now, today, Pentecost Sunday, that we need a move of the Holy Spirit afresh in our lives to transport and prepare us for that suddenly moment in our hearts and lives. And we've navigated through a considerable journey. We've spent time waiting on God as we've gone through this series in May. We've spent time waking up to the call of God. And I think that that's something that we need to reflect on in our own lives. We've got to wake up to the call of God that is on our lives. We have to decide in our hearts that we're going to trust Him. Not just say that we do. We have to make a conscious, intentional choice to choose to trust Him. Because seasons are going to shift our perspectives, our outlooks, our focus, all of it's going to shift in these moments and it's going to be bent towards His will and His will only. We only need to not do anything other than trust in Him. We don't need to allow ourselves to start thinking that we need to somehow contribute. <laughs> That's another thing we do as Christians, don't we? We like to contribute to our own success story. The Bible speaks so clearly here. When the Holy Spirit fell, nothing happened but the Holy Spirit fell. So we need to stop interfering with what God wants to do in our lives. We need to trust the process. And it's precisely in those moments where things are hardest, when things are most bleak, most challenging, most desperate in your life. Those are the unique corridors of time that you will stand in, that God will move most. It's easy to worship God when all is going well, you've got your job, you've got married, you've had kids, whatever. But it's hard when you're facing the stark reality of life because life happens. And if you want to be like Christ, you're going to go through some of the stuff that Christ goes through. Ask yourself the question, are you prepared? Because the power of the Holy Spirit will equip you to declare life over your circumstances and you are going to have to give God permission to invade every single part of your heart and life. You cannot be compartmentalizing your life with God and expect Him to move as sovereign. It only works if He's Lord ultimately of all because today is your ordained date with suddenly. Amen. Which means you've got to proclaim your miracle. Don't accept the counterfeits. Let the weight of His glory and presence rest over your heart. Cry out in conviction of the Holy Spirit to fall afresh in your heart and life. You will experience immeasurable joy, invigorated expectancy, renewed hope and a desire to ultimately walk in the blessing and plan of God in your life. And you know what will happen? Miracles, signs and wonders. That's what will happen. The Word of God declares miracles, signs and wonders follow all those who believe. Now I know my Word doesn't have a lie in it. So if we're not experiencing those miracles, signs and wonders, something's wrong. That's what, that's, that would be my logical, very unspiritual, but practical assessment. The greatest miracle is that you came to faith in Christ. 
greatest miracle for any person on the face of the earth. But the signs and the wonders, we've got to position ourselves in our hearts and lives to receive those moments, which means that you have to live in expectation and anticipation for the next suddenly moment in your life because he's going to fulfill his will. He's going to fulfill his promises over your life. I mean, that is not up for debate. The only thing is up, that is up for debate is, are you positioned? Are you ready? I know people that say, oh, I want a double portion. What are you doing with what you've been given? Are you ready in your hearts for the Holy Spirit to completely transform your life? Which means, however, that we cannot abdicate our responsibilities as believers. It's going to be hard. You're going to go through tests. You're going to go through challenges. You're going to have to fight for the promises of God in your life. It's not going to be handed to you on a plate. But I believe as you lean into God's presence, as you spend time in that secret place, truly spend time in that secret place, as you place your trust where your trust has ultimately been earned in God and His Word, you will find yourself positioned for a miracle. When you praise God, when you give thanks to God, when you bring honor and glory to His name, when your circumstances are challenging, you're showing and revealing the true content of your heart. In that moment, you are positioning yourself for God to move, which means you've got to cultivate expectancy because that, my friend, my friends, is the ultimately the fertile soil for the divine encounters with the risen King. Expectancy. Our heart attitude, our predestined inclination has to be that he's going to move. Not going through the rhythms or motions of our Christian journey and occasionally the Holy Spirit stepping in. God is going to sweep away the rubble and the debris of disappointment and discouragement in your life. All the things, the situations that you currently have in your life, do not assume that you will take them into your future. The things that are holding you back are going to fade into the history of your life because God is going to start unpacking your future. Anything that, in, that is in your present that is expendable, Holy Spirit's going to dispose of it in a suddenly moment, just like Paul and Silas enjoyed, which means that you are not going to be able to wrestle with the Holy Spirit. There's going to be things or people in your life that you think are mandatory for your future. I can tell you right now, get ready. Don't wrestle. Don't fight with the Holy Spirit. You will end up exhausted and exasperated. There are going to be things that are going to have to fall off your life if you want to walk into that glorious future that He has prepared for you. Don't assume everyone, everything, every possession that you have, you will take into your future. The further you go with God, the less you can ultimately take with you. And that's physically, in emotionally, spiritually, in every area of your life. The Holy Spirit ultimately knows what is hindering your progress. And he will lead you in that. And here's the other glorious moment. Unlike us, the Holy Spirit is completely objective. How many of us could put our hands up and genuinely think we know what's best for our lives? Now, I, 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 can, I can be honest with you for a moment. I am very sentimental. Oh, I am. But the problem is it clouds my judgment on occasions. I'm just being honest. It clouds my judgment because I'm sentimental. And I don't always make the best decision. I generally make good decisions, but I don't necessarily make the best decision. But you know what? With the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will always reach for the highest goal. You will always make the best decision. Not a good decision, the best decision. And there is a fundamental distinction that we need to embrace. God knows best for your life. 
God's hand is at work in your life right now, cultivating and crafting your future. With intricate detail, precision, clarity. And that leap of faith for you is trusting that even if you don't see it, especially if you don't see it. Because, you know, here's the reality. If you're waiting for a suddenly moment, you're not going to get like a warning notice. (laughs) You're not going to get a three-week notice that your suddenly moment is going to appear in three weeks' time. If it's suddenly, it's just not going to be there one minute and it's going to happen the very next minute. So don't try and anticipate where or how God is going to work and move in your life. Only trust the fact that he will. Because the shift and the transformation it will leave you with is ultimately abiding in his peace and his confidence. You will emerge into a vibrant, glorious, future-filled destiny that is completely orchestrated by the power of the Holy Spirit and it will be all that you need. We're always adding to stuff, I find, as Christians. We always think we need to do more things or add more things. And these are the, this is the rubbish and the debris that God is going to sweep away. Because if you've got the power of the Holy Spirit, you need nothing else. You have the Word of God, that's it, in our hearts and lives. How many of us are ready for genuine transformation? Amen. For that to happen, it's going to be a, a moment of being uncomfortable. Because you're going to have to let go of some of those thoughts. You know those things that we do that act as a comfort blanket in our lives. We're going to have to discard some of the challenges that are blocking our progress. Because on the other side of us laying some stuff down is our suddenly moment. And you're going to transition into something that is new and fresh. And you know what happens? It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. It might even feel a little bit troublesome and clumsy because it's new. And another thought, often we don't want to go there because we're so focused on what's been lost and we're not ready to embrace what's actually going to be gained. Some of us are going to have to lose some stuff. We're going to have to lose some attitudes. We're going to have to lose some patterns of thinking. We're going to have to lose some friendships or or people that you're connected with. I don't know. But for you to walk into that glorious future that he has for you, you're going to have to trust God for that suddenly moment. And it's in that exact moment that you will find your course, your destiny, your plan and your will unfolding. Because the consequence of Pentecost altered the destiny of the church forever. Which means that you are now fully resourced to receive and embrace all that God has for you. Never lose focus or sight of the assignment that you have been given. You're a son or a daughter of the Most High God and you have been carefully crafted and created by God to declare some things. Amen? The power of life and death is in the tongue. What are you declaring over your circumstances? Is it, it's always going to be this way? God's never going to move? The person next to me is always getting blessed, but not me? No, 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 no. Every power, every principality that is operating in your life in direct conflict with the will of God is rendered powerless today by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're going to win your battle. Every high place is going to come down in your life. You are victorious in Christ. We are the kingdom. We win every fight. We will stand and we will fight that good fight of faith and we will live and bask in glorious moments of victory with the risen King. Amen and amen.